Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate you joining me, giving me a little bit of your time. I will try and use it wisely. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast and tell others about it, excuse me, thank you so much. I'm very grateful for it. Y'all are the reason outside of God that the podcast continues to grow. So, thank you. Not a lot on Homestead. I think I, I know I've told y'all in past, we had 16 chicks last spring and we're down to four juveniles. And one of those that was supposed to be a hen turned out to be a rooster. And he's trying ever so diligently to learn how to crow. And it, it cracks my girls up almost every time he does it because it's such a sad little crow right now. And we have two older roosters that we've had for a couple years and obviously theirs are their performance is much better but he's working on it he's working on it father thank you for today thank you for you father and your son jesus christ and your holy spirit thank you for your love your mercy your grace your loving kindness, chances upon chances upon chances, even when we mess up, that we don't deserve and that we take for granted and that we act like we do deserve. Forgive us our sins, Father. Thank you for the people that listen to and share the podcast, be with them and their families. Guide them, bless them, protect them, keep them safe. Thank you for the time to record this podcast. Thank you for living in America, for changing seasons. And thank you that we know that your hand is with us. Lord, whatever's coming, whatever storm clouds are on the horizon, help us to focus on you. To trust you, not our own understanding, because we can't, Lord. Lord knows I can't see what's coming. And guide my words here, Father, please. In your son's name we pray. Amen. December 24th, 1938. Franklin D. Roosevelt who happened to be the 32nd president of the United States. His address on lighting the community Christmas tree in Washington, D.C. Tonight is Christmas Eve. We are gathered again around our community tree here in Lafayette Park. Across the street from the White House, Darkness has fallen over the Capitol, but all about us 
shine a myriad of brilliant lights. All our hearts, warmed by the eternal fire of Christmas, rejoice because new life, new hope, new happiness are in them. In this setting, I wish my fellow countrymen everywhere a Merry Christmas with peace, content, and friendly cheer to all. I wish also to thank the thousands who have remembered me and my family this Christmas with individual greetings. We shall always treasure these friendly messages. At this time, let us hope that the boon of peace, which we in this country and in the whole Western Hemisphere enjoy under the providence of God, may likewise be vouchsafed to all nations and all peoples. We desire peace. We shall work for peace. We covet neither the lands nor the possessions of any other nation or people. We of the Western world, who have borne witness by works as well as words to our devotion to the cause of peace, ought to take heart tonight from the atmosphere of hope and promise in which representatives of 21 free republics are now assembled in the Pan-American Conference at Lima, Peru. I consider it a happy circumstance that these deliberations will be successfully concluded soon after the birthday of the Prince of Peace. It is indeed a holy season in which to work for goodwill among men. We derive new strength, new courage for our work from the spirit of Christmas. We do not expect a new heaven and a new earth overnight. But in our own land and other lands, wherever men of goodwill listen to our appeal, we shall work as best we can with the instruments at hand to banish hatred, greed, and covetousness from the heart of mankind. And so the pledge I have so often given to my own countrymen I renew before all the world on this glad Christmas Eve that I shall do whatever lies within my own power to hasten the day foretold by Isaiah when men shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. It's interesting. Obviously, there's a lot interesting, but Isaiah, the first chapter of Isaiah, first and second chapter for the daily reading today that just happened to coincide with this. Didn't know it until I started reading it. Um, That reference that FDR made was out of chapter 2 of Isaiah talking about God's universal reign. 
The word which Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Now it will come about in the last days. The mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains and will be raised up above the hills. And all the nations will stream to it. And many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us concerning his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For the law will go forth from Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he will judge between the nations, and will render decisions for many peoples. And they will hammer their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation, and never again will they learn war. Come, house of Jacob, and let us walk in the light of the Lord. You hear a little, at least I do, a little, almost, and of course this is hindsight, right, looking back, so it's not exactly fair, but you hear a little bit of, of just almost desperate hope in this Christmas message because Europe was being engulfed in war. And of course, you think about the time frame, folks, some of y'all that are listening uh, are going to have lived this time frame, the distance between World War One and now was 20 years. 20 years and, and a horrible, the Great War, right? The war to end all wars. And here they were again on the precipice, on the doorstep of World War with very similar belligerence and and it just looked pretty bad and you can kind of hear this hope you know <clears throat> obviously the pan-american conference didn't turn out quite as was hoped it wasn't a strong counterpoint for the old world and the pleading for peace didn't work. And you kind of wonder, um, if in a sense it wasn't a last ditch effort, you know, so often you, you hear more people today, at least I hear more people than I have in the past talking about the need to turn back to God and, and not half-heartedly, but wholeheartedly. There's a, well, a number of men, pastors from the pulpit that are starting to realize that, that this live and let live mentality where we don't approach any political topics from the pulpit, which is absolutely my vocabulary antithetical 
that's not the word I'm looking for. But anyway, it, it goes absolutely against the history of our nation. The movements that awakened the American people to stand up against evil in the Revolutionary War and the Civil War were both based upon, encouraged by, stimulated by great awakenings with pastors from the pulpit talking specifically about political issues in light of the Word of God. Which goes to the heart of this podcast, and that is that we have to have that relationship with God in our public lives and our private. But the idea today that that our founders didn't want God in our public lives is what's killing us. And, and you can see, regardless of desperation or not, in this message from FDR, you can see his association with God at Christmas time with America. But he really he stretches out the providence of God that our founders talked about in our original documents to the Western Hemisphere in general. Prince of Peace, if you're not familiar with that name for Jesus Christ. Talking about the birthday of the Prince of Peace. You know, it's impossible, folks, to really celebrate Christmas. You can claim to but you're not really. It's impossible to celebrate Christmas if you're not celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And as a nation, well, go back to Isaiah. This is uh, I think pretty condemning and pretty applicable to our current situation as a nation. Uh, again, I don't pretend to be a Bible scholar by any means, but you read through chapter 1 talking about the rebellion of Israel against God, and I'll read a few verses here, and you think about our country today, Listen, O heavens, and hear, O earth, for the Lord speaks. Sons I have reared and brought up, but they have revolted against me. An ox knows its owner, and a donkey its master's manger. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Alas, sinful nation, people weighed down with iniquity, Offspring of evildoers, sons who act corruptly. They have abandoned the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away from Him. 
Where will you be stricken again as you continue in your rebellion? The whole head is sick, and the whole heart is faint. Those last couple lines, your head is sick and your heart is faint. You know, we've got a lot of mental illness in the country that seems to be expanding every year, and we've got more and more children that seem to have mental problems, and we continue to turn to medication to try and try and medicate them to overcome those issues. And th this isn't a plug for not using medicine, folks. I'm a big proponent of modern medicine. Uh, you know, it's hard to look at the ability to get rid of, eradicate basically smallpox and polio and really nasty diseases like that and not be grateful for modern medicine, much less when you start talking about childbirth and C-sections and the ability to keep both mother and child alive, although we're doing a really good job of, of circumventing that. We, uh, we have all this medical technology to save mothers and children now, and yet we, we use this technology to better exterminate our own children. At any rate, you read these verses in Isaiah, and it, it sounds, at least to me, very similar to what's going on today. We've turned away from God. We've turned away from the source of our greatness. If we think about him at all, it's once or twice a year. And then we're very timid. Uh, those of us that claim to follow Jesus, we're not bold. And we've let the left sell the lie, push the lie, demand that the lie be accepted, that we're a secular nation when completely apart from the truth, unmoored, unhinged from the truth. You know, when FDR's in his message, when he's talking about the Prince of Peace, when he's talking about uh, peace and contentment and friendly cheer to all, and talking about hearts being warmed by the eternal fire of Christmas, new life, new hope, new happiness are in them. And he wants to, to spread this peace to all nations and all peoples celebrating this birthday of the Prince of Peace. You know, when you want to honor somebody, you want to honor your parents, you want to respect your boss at your job, or somebody, whoever you, you find, typically one of the first things, the, the biggest things you do is to obey them. And so we want these, especially if you want the good, the, the good opinion of that person that you're honoring. And so we want these blessings from God. We want this peace and this happiness. We want this safe land, this prosperous land. We want these blessings. And, and we claim to honor God. But you, you can't honor God if you don't follow 
his commands. You can't honor Jesus Christ if you're not following his commands. You can say the words with your lips, but if your heart isn't invested in following his commands, it doesn't do much good. And and we're not today as a nation. In fact, we're we're pushing and have been for decades in the opposite direction of following his commands. If we really want this message from 1938, if we want this peace, we want our nation safe and secure, want the world safe and secure, we have to actually follow Jesus Christ, both in our own individual lives and publicly as a nation. God bless y'all, your families, your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.